0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Preps Today with uh, me, John Millay. Uh, I want to thank our producer, Brianne Burdett, our sponsors, Pizza Barn in Princeton and Twin Cities Orthopedic. We'll hear more about them shortly. But in the absence of the vacationing Jim Suhan, I want to welcome a special guest who's with us today. Jace Frederick, a talented and hardworking sports writer from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. It's in St. Paul, right, Jace? Is that correct?
1: That is correct, John. That is that is on the money.
0: There you go. I'm not I'm no not as dumb as most people think I am. And Jace, <laughs> uh, you cover high school sports as, as well as the Timberwolves. You do a tremendous job on the Timberwolves. Um how about that dude, Carl Anthony Towns, scoring sixty the other night in San Antonio? Was there any inkling something like that was coming?
1: Not really. Um he certainly has been pretty phenomenal all season. Uh, Offensively, he's been about as good as he's ever been. And that's saying a lot. Uh, But it definitely was a night where they didn't have their backup center. Nas Reed was out. And so you figured, okay, he'll probably play even more than usual. And you could tell early on, he just had it going. Um, And everything he was putting up was going down. And it was a a really special night. There are certainly nights, there's a lot of NBA games, but there are certain NBA games that just make you go like, wow, this is a special evening. And uh, that was one of them, um, 100%.
0: That was awesome. Before we dive into the prep stuff, just kind of give us your, your assessment of the of the Timberwolves season and, and how you feel about the, the playoff potential they might have. Where do you see this team right now?
1: Um I, I think that's definitely a team that, you know, they're certainly pushing for that last playoff spot in the Western conference and not a play in spot. But I think even if they end up in a play in spot, like that's an okay positioning for them. Um, You know, you have to win one of two home games to get into the playoffs, but overall, this has been a really special year. I think they've exceeded everybody's expectations. I thought maybe they'd be 500 at best and they're going to, be well above that um this is chris finch has done a great job carl City towns has really grown um, we see a bunch of the young guys continue to grow like it's a fun team it's bringing a lot of people downtown to minneapolis and a lot of good things are going on with them and they're on an upward trajectory
0: yeah when you look at the pro sports landscape here i mean right now they're they're the best team i mean they're they are Far and away, they're the team to keep an eye on right now. You know, we'll see what the Twins in, end up doing. The The Wild have had an up-and-down season. The Vikings are going to Viking. But, yeah, this has really been fun. I, I think everybody's excited about the Wolves. But let's move on to high school sports. First thing I want to talk about, Jace, is the uh, Boys State Hockey Tournament. Last week, I thought it was phenomenal. We had just massive crowds, some, some fantastic games, uh, the XL Center's you know, there's no better arena anywhere for an event like that, and we're really lucky in, in Minnesota to have these great venues for these tournaments. Uh, for people who didn't follow along, maybe we can uh, bring them up to speed. Your state champs in boys hockey, Hermantown in Class A, Andover in Double A. And Jace, uh, you were there for a lot of games, and I think the one the thing on the ice people are going to remember is that Andover Maple Grove championship game which was just, it was old-fashioned fire wagon hockey. They were going back and forth, up and down the ice, and it looked like Maple Grove was going to win this thing in regulation, and Andover scored, you know, down to the wire to tie it. They go two overtimes, Andover wins 6-5, giving the Huskies, the girls and the boys, two-way state championships, which has been done before by other schools, but it's pretty special. When you look back, Chase, to that boys' hockey tournament, what stands out for you?
1: Well, it certainly is that game. Um, I've been covering that tournament for six, seven years now, and that was the best game I've seen. Um, it, And we always talk about, like, the state hockey tournament, and there's always so much buildup. And there are some years, frankly, where the action probably doesn't live up to the buildup. That was not one of them. Um, that was, like, an all-time hockey game, frankly, of any level. Um, just the way these teams were going back and forth, the shifts in momentum. It was pretty much nonstop action, tons of great chances, tons of high-level skill goals. Like, that was – it was just – it was hard to, not get like engulfed in the moment. I'm um, watching it, you know, like, and that's one of those things where you're like, wow, I feel like lucky to be here. Um, it was really cool. I, I definitely appreciated it. And frankly, like the, the class A championship game was great too. Like Hermantown and Warroad are two highly skilled teams and they put on a show as well. Like a couple yeah. great championship games, caps it all off. Like the atmosphere is always awesome. Uh, you, you touched on that, but, and then, and then it, it kind of clears ways for the personalities too. like those press conferences. I know like the media kind of is the only ones who get privy to that, but you can kind of see it on the ice as well. But Andover coach Mark Manny, like even Maple Grove touch, coach Todd Berglund, like those personalities and the players and they they let loose and whatnot. It just makes the experience all the more special. Um, and it's, it's seeing all of that come together. Um, it, it, it's really a cool event. That's kind of hard to explain almost.
0: It really is, if you, especially if you're not on the inside like we are, and those post game press conferences, boy, after a championship game, you know which which team lost and which team won because the the losing teams, and usually it's just the losing coach who comes. Sometimes he'll bring a player. They don't have to, and it's you just feel so bad for him. And then those teams that just won a state championship, they're just so giddy and so proud. And and I was behind the Maple Grove bench, uh. I like to shoot video of the, of the game ending. I like to be behind the winning bench as they throw their gear and go out for the dog pile. And uh, this was tough when it's an overtime, you got to pick your spots. So as regulation was, was burning out, I, I was behind the Maple Grove bench and, and overscored like we said to send it into regulation and I stayed there. I did not want to jinx it. I stayed behind the <laughs> Maple Grove bench. They did not win. But I did get hit in the head by a flying puck. That's never happened before. What You talk about, you talk about the agony of defeat. Yeah. in uh, I think maybe the first overtime I was in the tunnel, probably two steps behind the Maple Grove bench and I could hear everything they were saying to each other. And I'm watching the game up on the big board. I can't see much of the ice. And I was shooting video every time Maple Grove went on a rush um, I wanna get video of a goal, you know, and it, or at least a reaction to it. Yeah, it sure. had to be an overtime because I wanted video of the gear getting thrown right. and the the, big and moment. the mad rush. And I, I would, you know, start taping and then and then when they didn't score, just I'd I'd immediately delete it and get set up for the next rush. So I had my head down in my phone and I hear kind of a look out. And I just kind of see out in you know, out of my peripheral vision this something b- dark coming at me, and it was a puck. It, it didn't hit me straight on. It could have hit me right between the eyes, and that would have been the end of me. But it kind of hit me kind of a glancing blow on the on the right cheek, and then hit my right shoulder. It, it was kind of it wasn't coming right at me. It was kind of an arcing thing. And it didn't hurt. It, my cheek was kind of wet because the puck was wet. And the Maple Grove trainer, bless her heart, I don't know her name, she was standing in front of me with her back to me. She ducked as the puck. She saw the puck. Come she was smart. <laughs> she was paying
1: attention, and yeah.
0: She immediately turned around and, and kind of a look of panic on her face. She didn't know, you know, if it had really smacked me or not. And, are you okay? Are you okay? And I said, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. It didn't It hit me right here. Then it hit me down here on my shoulder. Could have been a lot worse and makes for a good story. But, you know, you talk about the emotions after the game. So, you know, we have the awards ceremonies afterwards. And then and I was on the ice for that, taking some pictures. And then I'm back in the tunnel behind the Maple Grove bench, kind of working my way down the hall and then back up to the press box and these poor Maple Grove kids. I mean, these are high school kids They're boys. I mean, they are openly weeping. They are, it is the saddest thing. It's just, you feel so bad for them, but I, I can, I can kind of relate. I was on a high school football team, my senior year in high school, or we played for a state championship in Iowa. We also did not win in heartbreaking fashion. I kind of, I kind of know what that's like and I know they're going to be Okay. But, um, and you know, we, we have these great formal press conferences after these games and and I'll tweet a photo from there. Sometimes people might tweet a little video, the TV stations do a good job. And I, every year I get multiple requests. Hey, where are you posting videos of the post game press conferences? And we're not, I mean, maybe someday we will, you know.
1: They used to pro Somebody teams to and, you
0: know, final, you know, March madness. You see those kinds, we don't do that. I don't know that we're equipped right now, but, and I don't know that I personally want to do that. It's kind of a good space just for the coaches and players in the media. And I, it might change if it were public. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Jace? you think it'd be different if everybody knew this is public?
1: I think so. Um, I certainly think there are like little one-off lines here, or there, or, like you just, it's, it's very much a free back and forth. And, you know, like, I think there's kind of a trust that like, if, if there's like a slip of the tongue or something, you know, like, like, you're like probably would think, ah, I probably wouldn't want that printed, you know? And I think people kind of understand that, like, obviously I'm not going to run that or whatever. Um, and it, it definitely would be a lot more guarded, I think, and kids would probably be more nervous if they knew anything they said up there or coaches knew anything they said up there is going to be seen by everybody and you're providing a bunch of bulletin board material or whatever. Um, so I think it's a cooler thing now. I certainly understand why people would want to watch it. Um, I do remember there used to be some... It wasn't High School League Affiliated. It was one of the media groups would like record and post them all um, because I used to watch them. Uh, but that hasn't been the case for a few years. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I, I personally...
0: Yeah, I, I like it the way wait, and there's nothing in our in our rules that say you uh, media people can't do that. I don't think that happened this year, but you're right; I do remember that. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the inside look at the post game, and a lot of people saw what what was easily the photo of the tournament, not from on the ice, but backstage uh, of two <laughs> hockey players, John Mayasich of Eveleth High School, who's 88 years old, and Alex Bump of Prior Lake, who's a senior. Uh, people who paid attention know that in, in the quarterfinals, Alex scored five goals. John Mayasich, star of the tournament in the late 40s through through 1951, was there with his son, Dan. They went down to the locker room so John could meet. Alex bump and and John message holds the tournament record of seven goals in one game set in 1951. It's amazing when you think about it. So they came down to the locker room and, and John got to shake Alex's hand and Dan message took this unbelievable photo. You know, Alex is still in full uniform. He took off his one glove to shake hands with John and the look on that kid's face. He's laughing so hard. And it appeared to me, I talked to the prior light coaches about this and Dan a little bit, that's when uh, John said to Alex, "Bump, you almost bumped my record." <laughs> and and Alex and none of the Prior Lake players knew the name John Mayasich. but uh, the coaches told me that after John and Dan left, they told the kids find the find the state tournament records. His name is all over it from ninth from you know senior year was was 1951, and I wrote about that on Saturday. And Sunday morning I got a nice email from Dan that's saying his dad on Saturday had left for Florida and uh, really appreciated that story. And and it was really special. We're gonna see that photo every year, I think, during the tournament. It just it says so much about about the history of this tournament and, and how hockey people feel about that tournament and just to see those two hockey players whose whose fame came seventy one years apart. It was really, it was really striking. So um, I'll mention a few more little short facts here about the hockey tournament. You know, it sells out uh, that the double-A games, they basically sell out, especially Friday and Saturday. And we have at the high school league, what we call season tickets. These are, you know, it's, I don't know the number of these, but basically it's the seats in the lower bowl kind of between the goal lines, the prime seats. You can, you can buy those and renew those every year, but you have to get on a waiting list. And right now, the waiting list, uh, the waiting period is approximately 12 years. That's the official word from the Minnesota State High School. League. So if you get on now, you might have tickets in a dozen years. That's that's phenomenal. I don't know if there's any other high school tournament in the country with, with a fact like that. Um, Lisa Lissamow is going to retire. I always just
1: want to like. I would just want to say though, John, like for people who want to go, like you can still go. Like anytime I think people hear that, they think, Oh, I can't get in there. Like you can buy single session tickets and get in there.
0: You sure can. I, what I've been told from the people who work with tickets in our office, nobody's ever been turned away from the boys state hockey tournament. You can go on Friday night for the double A's Saturday night for the double A championship. You can get in it. You might get a standing room ticket. We sold standing room tickets, both of the, you know, all the double A sessions you can get in for the class. A it's, it's, uh, there are no real, real reserve seats. You just, you just, you just come on in and those don't, those don't sell out. But yeah, that's my, my understanding, Jace, that, you can get in. I know it's intimidating when people hear things like a 12 year waiting list. And there were some minor hiccups, I think with the online ticketing this year, some people had a hard time and, and, uh, but, but I think hopefully everybody who wanted to go could go. And, and I don't know if we're going to top this tournament in the next several years, but it, it's always fun. And, and for me, and I know for you too, just being back in a big building with a full crowd after what we've been through. And we'll talk about that in a little bit here, but that, to me, that was phenomenal. Um, Let's uh, let's mention Lisa Lissamore a little bit here. She's been with the high school league on our executive staff for 34 years. She's retiring at the end of April. Uh, she does so much. She runs a lot of tournaments. Uh, she runs the girls state basketball tournament, which we're going to talk about. And does a lot of the work with uh, sponsorships and marketing. She got a Zamboni ride out there before the two-way <laughs> boys hockey title game, which was kind of cool. the The Wild had a jersey with her name on it that was really nice. I tweeted some video of Elisa riding the Zamboni. That was cool, and uh, and just uh, impossible to replace her. But we're going to try. And I, I want to mention one thing about about sportsmanship, Jason. You know, it's high school sports, sportsmanship. Should always be, you know, on the top of the list. And, and it's always great to hear those big crowds and those student sections um, cheer for their teams. And I, I tweeted, I, I was surprised at the reaction of this tweet. I just tweeted something about it's so great to hear fans cheer for their team without mocking or taunting the opponent. To me, that's so obvious, but that got such a positive response on Twitter. And, you know, and, and, I was really impressed. One example was the student section from prior Lake and the semi semifinals Friday night. Clearly some work had been done ahead of time because they, there was nothing but positive cheering for their team. They didn't cheer against anybody. They had lots of fun. They had a huge crowd, everybody wearing pink. It was a blast. And I hate to get negative, but the other end of that spectrum was the student section from Andover Saturday night. Clearly no, there was no adult supervision, when the yeah, when those yep. players are introduced, you know, the EPA, PA is, uh, uh, guys introducing each individual player from, uh, from Maple Grove. And after each name, the entire Andover student section yelled in unison sucks. So, you know, number 19, John Smith sucks after every one of them. And, you know, that's, I don't blame kids. They're going to be kids, but because they'll, they'll take it as far as they're allowed to take it. And, that's that's failure on the administration's part, you, you know, and the high school league staff. We preach to administrators at whether it's a regular season game in your own gym or wherever, or a state championship game, you got to have adults right in front of the student section, so you can nip things in the bud, and and they can ask you, can we chant this? Can we chant that? And you can kind of direct that. You talk to those student leaders ahead of time, so you know it, it happens every year. Um, but my. My theory kind of is, let's see what you think of this, Jace. There's a lot of problems in sports at all levels, and most of them stem from how people behave. So on the high school level, my theory is we need to work on the little things. If we're even going to have a prayer of solving the big things. Or, or Jace, am I just being a cranky old man yelling at the clouds? What do you think about that?
1: I agree with you. Um, you know, that 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 sucks thing with the introduction. Like that kind of caught my eye too, just because and I don't like like high school kids won't think of this anyway, but like just think of like if your kid or your grandkid or whatever is like getting introduced in the state championship game, even if it's somebody who doesn't play very much, you're like, that's like a cool moment, um, you know, for for parents or whatever and, and for kids that you remember forever and and say you take video of it or whatever, and then in the background, you just hear, socks. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's after awful. every single one, it's like, well, that kind of wrecks that moment. Um, you know, and the competition hasn't even started yet. Like, it's not having any impact on anything. Um, so, yeah, that's tough. Uh, I'm I'm with you on that. And I do think it starts probably, like you said, it starts small. And then maybe if we can get the small things down, that'll lead to the big things. How about Maple Grove? I was thinking of this. I uh, I haven't looked at the rosters. I meant to, but I'm sure there was at least one, if not a few. There are probably kids on that Maple Grove team who also play football, who suffered a heartbreaking loss in that class six A championship game, and then suffered a heartbreaking loss in double overtime of that, uh, you know, obviously state hockey final, like,
0: Oh, what a terrible time. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see if any of them are baseball <laughs> lacrosse players and how that works out. But uh, I mean, right. it's phenomenal seasons. But you know, obviously, the risk of phenomenal seasons is it can end in heartbreak. And people would always take the phenomenal season um, anyway because it's still worth it. But uh, yeah, that's a tough little run there.
0: It is. And you know, speaking of that, I was as the game was going into, the, I don't know if it's a first or second overtime. I'm right behind the Maple Grove bench, and I think there was a, I don't know if there was a timeout or. Maybe Maybe it was even before one of the overtimes was going to start. So all the players are there. And as they were kind of dispersing and, you know, six of them are going back on the ice, one of the assistant coaches, he said, remember November 15th? That was the first day of practice. Remember November 15th? If somebody had said to you, we're going to be in overtime for the state championship, we'd take it, Right. You know, like, this is a good thing. We're here. Let's do that. You know, and it just, it just didn't come out the right way. So yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And like, and like I said, I've been there on a much smaller level, you know, a class A football state championship game in Cedar Falls, Iowa in 1976. That's how old I am. But uh, yeah, you know, it hurts and it hurts, but And, you know, you think about it, you know, it's been that long for me. And when I talk to my buddies, it's like, yeah, that's that's a bummer. We should have won that game, but we didn't. But, you know, great experiences, great memories. So let's move on a little bit here. Uh, We're going to talk about the the girls basketball tournament this week. First, let's thank our sponsors. Uh, There are always great things happening with Twin Cities Orthopedic and the latest big news with TCO. They're going to open a new state of the art clinic. In a few weeks in Brooklyn Park, it's part of the 610 Crossings development. I know that part of town, north of the 610 off-ramp, south of 96th Avenue North. Patients will not only have access to first-class orthopedic care, but physical therapy, hand therapy, advanced imaging, and MRI, and pelvic health therapy will be available as well. And this is not a new part of town for TCO. They already have deep ties to the Brooklyn Park community they're the official sports medicine provider for Park Center High School as well as Champlain Park High School. And speaking of TCO's new location in Brooklyn Park, uh, the original Pizza Barn food truck is going to be there right there at that location in Brooklyn Park for a big grand opening celebration on Saturday May 21st, 21st. That's going to be a treat for everybody because we're also going to do a special live preps today show on site that day. Uh, The breaking news we've talked about before, the Pizza Barn has two food trucks now, which means it's even easier for them to come to you. They are taking bookings for things like graduation parties, reunions, weddings, all these spring and summer events. You can make it really easy by having the Pizza Barn do the work. You don't have to drive and pick up the stuff. They will drive to your event, have everything ready to go. Uh, You can find contact information at their website, pizzabarnprinceton.com. And they'll answer all your questions about availability and pricing. And uh, the Pizza of the Month for March, as we've talked about, is an annual favorite, the Reuben. It's unbelievable. I've had it. And uh, once we get past these winter tournaments here in a few weeks, we're looking forward to doing another live show from the Pizza Barn in beautiful downtown Princeton. And Jace, we just might have to get you to come up there. I bet you've never been to the Pizza Barn, Uh, but I assume you are a fan of food. Am I correct?
1: Uh, not only am I a fan of food, but pizza is, like many other people, my favorite food.
0: There you go. You're an American. You're a proud American.
1: That's right. <laughs> Whose favorite food is an Italian? <laughs>
0: yeah, and tacos.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Correct. There you yeah, go. Yep. There you proud go. American.
0: There you go. <laughs> yep. Well, Thanks to TCO and, and Pizza Bar. Let's move on to this week's tournament, Girls State Basketball. We're talking here on uh, late Tuesday afternoon. The tournament starts Wednesday morning. No target center for Girls Basketball. Uh, all the games are at Williams Arena and right down the hall at Maturi Pavilion. Uh, this is really super convenient. We've done this before. Uh, you buy one ticket, you can go back and forth between the two courts. It's great. Uh, Channel 45 and preps45.com will broadcast and stream the semifinals and championship games in all four classes. And our friends, our streaming friends at prepspotlight.tv, they will have coverage online of all the quarterfinals consolation games third place games so if you can't make it to, to the university of minnesota you can watch all these games online or on television and jace uh you just wrote about the east metro girls player of the year ronnie porter from uh, st paul como park we're going to see ronnie and the cougars this week in the class 3a tournament they're going to face the grand rapids in the quarterfinals on Thursday afternoon, I'm looking forward to that game. Just give us a little preview of of Como Park, Ronnie Porter. What makes that team go? Ronnie makes that team go.
1: Um, she is go. Uh, averaging, I think, 22 points, like five rebounds, five assists, and and the five rebounds thing is incredible because she's five two, um, but she has just this incredible skill set. Um, she's been that team's best player for four years now, um, and they've been on the doorstep of state for. A long time they've lost some heartbreaking section finals and they were in a position to almost do so against de la salle like coma park and de la salle are two of the best very best teams in three a they meet in the section final they're down one in like the final minute ronnie porter comes down and hits like the basically the game-winning three uh, to finally break through and get them back to state for the first time since 2016 so she's tremendous um not she is undecided where she wants to go to college but whatever school gets her is going to get a a really great player and i think everybody will enjoy watching her play at least one and and possibly multiple games at, at the u of m this week
0: yeah, Como's the number two seed in 3A. Becker's the number one seed on the other half of the bracket. So it's Como Park in Grand Rapids, 2 o'clock on Thursday. You and I will be there for that. Um, yeah, the girls tournament is always fun. Also this week, the other state tournament is adapted floor hockey on
1: mm-hmm. Friday
0: and Saturday at Stillwater High School. I've been to that a couple times. It usually conflicts with another tournament, but it's it's a blast. It's a riot. It's so much fun. There'll be eight teams in the CI division, eight in the PI division. And that uh, facility at Stillwater High School, Jace, you've been in there. It's uh, it's phenomenal, you know, just for the community, for the school, and events like this. Uh, that's going to be fun. And if anybody is looking out the window, almost anywhere in Minnesota now, uh, spring sports are underway. Softball, baseball, track and field. They started practice this week. The weather could not be much better. I'm planning a little getaway after these tournaments, but I think the weather might be nicer here than just about anywhere I could go. Um earlier, Jace, we talked about two years ago when Covid killed high school sports, you know, and the, we were halfway through the girls' basketball tournament when everything shut down. We had no spring sports in twenty twenty and over the weekend, I reposted something I wrote uh, as that whole thing was happening at girls' basketball. I invited people on Twitter to share my memories and is it was it was amazing um it, who knew then what you know where this would end up. We all have our specific memories, but what when you think back to that, Jace, What do you? What stands out for you?
1: A uh, quick point of clarification on adapted floor hockey. That's at Bloomington Jefferson. Uh, oh, Jefferson, Stillwater. You're, you're correct. Yeah, no. yeah. Just to avoid any confusion. Good clarification. There you go. Don't go to Stillwater. They do a great job hosting. <laughs> I think not. adapted soccer. Uh, floor soccer, hockey soccer, is at Bloomington soccer. Jefferson. There you go. My memories from that. Obviously, were from the girls' basketball tournament um, because we're sitting there on thursday and uh we're we're covering these semifinals and this is after like the nba postponed their season on wednesday night and we're watching all these other like national things get postponed and and conference basketball tournaments in the ncaa level get postponed and and we're still covering this high school state tournament and i think kind of all wondering like Is this going to keep going? Um, Is high school the only thing that's going to keep being played through the boys' tournament? Um, Is this girls' tournament going to finish? We're covering these semifinals, and there's a lot of uncertainty as, like, is basketball going to be played the next day? And we weren't sure exactly how far to like stay away from people and whatnot. And covering it was very weird because we had like, you know, a pretty full arena still and all these people sitting next to each other. And, you know, back then we didn't remember where COVID was or where, how much of it was in Minnesota or if the person next to you had it or whatever. Um, so it was, it was really weird. Um, covering those final games, you had kind of a sense that those semifinals might be the last ones that you would cover. Um, and that's indeed how it played out. Um, obviously, then the next morning people come back and it's like, ah, this is done. Uh, so you just, just covering that Thursday, I guess, is really kind of my standout memory, knowing that that might be the last thing I covered for a little while.
0: Yeah, say, kind of the same with me. I was there Wednesday, and it was really, it was really, as I wrote in this piece, I reposted. I was sitting next to Pat Ruff from the Rochester paper, and he had brought, the. that was the first time I saw somebody carrying around Clorox wipes. He was, as he got there, he wiped off the tabletop where we were sitting, and I had my little bottle of hand sanitizer that I'd carried around for a few days. And, and we just didn't know what this was. And that Wednesday night, I got home late and my, you know, I wasn't going to go to bed right away. My wife said, hey, I'm running to the grocery store. You want to go? You know, it's a quarter of a mile away. No big deal. And as she's, you know, getting her grocery list going, I'm looking at my phone and I'm seeing all this stuff. NBA, done. March Madness, not happening. And I, 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 That'll be one of my just biggest memories is standing in the grocery aisles at cub foods thinking holy smokes the world is changing right now and as i wrote in this piece i reposted i wasn't going back i'm i you know at the time i was 61 years old i'm diabetic i'm not 61 now but i'm still diabetic and, and my daughter and my wife and, and things i'd read on the cdc website didn't make it sound like it was a smart idea for me to be out in crowds so i wasn't going back And little did we know that uh, the thing was going to stop right there. I was in on a bunch of conference calls with people from our office at the tournament at headquarters, you know, the medical professionals had been consulted and the decision was made uh, to basically shut it down. Nobody wanted to do that. Um, It wasn't fair to anybody, but um, looking back, uh, the thing I remember thinking was do you want to be too careful or do you not want to be careful enough? I remember saying that in one of these conference calls you know, saying I don't know anything about anything, but do we want to be too careful, or do we want to be not careful enough because we don't know what's going to happen? And and I think it was handled well. It's been a tough two years. I, I knock on wood. We're back now. Um, I should point out that at the girls' basketball tournament this week, the University of Minnesota policies are that masks must be worn by spectators and those of us in the media. Now, next week with the boys' tournament, uh, that will not be the case. Starting next Monday, the twenty-first, I think, is the date that mask policy changes. Where at sporting events, masks are not required. So, some people are going to be upset. He masks for the girls, not for the boys. That's up to the University of Minnesota. Um, that's just the way the world is right now. So, so we'll get through it. I know we will. And let's wrap up here quickly with a couple of a uh, couple of things. Uh, most valuable teammate which we do every week at the high school league and on the show. Priya Kingsley is a junior basketball player at Houston high school. She's a leader on and off the court. Uh, Her on-court leadership was was seen as she encouraged teammates from her point guard position. On weekends, she helped coach fourth through sixth grade teams. Just past the halfway point of the season, she suffered a season-ending knee injury, but continued to support and assist her teammates, not missing a practice or a game, always offering tips and advice. Congrats to Priya Kingsley from Houston this week's most valuable teammate. And finally down in Jordan, there was a special little occasion they had recently a fellow named Jerry Langs, right? I might be mispronouncing Jerry. I can pronounce Langs. Weird. <laughs> that might be it. I don't know. Was honored for his years of service as a PA announcer for basketball, volleyball, and wrestling at Jordan high school. Jerry, this is, this is the, uh, this is the one that got me. Jerry has been the, the PA announcer, at basketball games in Jordan since 1960. I'm old, and I was two years old then, so way to go, Jerry. Congrats, and I didn't say he was stopping. It just said that he, the tweet was just they were honoring him. That's a heck of a run. Way to go, Jerry, in Jordan. I've heard Jerry work uh, events down there. He's fabulous. He's a good guy. Um, congrats on that, and with that, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank our guest, Chase Frederick who I'm looking forward to seeing this week at Williams Arena and the the Pavilion. Thank our producer, Brianne Burdett. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, everybody.